Maybe. Let's see. All right. All right. Well, good evening, everyone. Hello, anyone there? Anyone there? Good evening. You're tired. How many of you tired because it's been a rough first week of school? No? Not tired? Okay. All right. Well, I'm Pastor Mike, and whether you're a first-time guest or a returning guest or you're listening to this audio, we're glad that you're joining us. I was actually telling Rachel this morning, I think this week or next week it will be the, the anniversary that I first my first year fully completed as your youth pastor here, so I want to thank you guys for making the first year. Yeah. So, it's been great. It's been great. Um, a lot of learning, that's for sure, but I love you guys. Rachel and I, we love you, and our leaders love you, and we're glad to be here to serve you and here to serve Christ as well. well with that being said, we're going to continue our series, Kingdom Come. I have a quick question for all of you. If you had $5 million, or let's say you won $5 million, but you had to give it all away, to whom or what organization would you give it to? Anyone? If you had $5 million, you had to give it all away. To whom or what organization would you give it to? Sorry? Um, either Alaska or Africa. Alaska or Africa. All right. Anyone else? You're all thinking, I don't want to give $5 million away. So you're thinking, no. <laughs> Africa. To Africa? Okay. Rachel? To Morningstar Fellowship. To Morningstar Fellowship. All right. Anyone else? In the guy's bucket. In the guy's bucket. Yeah. All right. Anyone else? Anyone else know what they would do? Five. Go ahead. Girls bucket. Girls bucket. Okay. Yeah. Girls bucket. All right. All right. So. Okay. So let me let me add another question to you for that. Would you have given that five million dollars to your enemy? No. No, no one. So no one in here would give the five million dollars to their enemy, right? What's that? I still didn't hear. Yes. So actually, yes, that ties into our lesson because we've been studying the life surrounding King David, right? And King David, we're actually going to see here today, he gave what was equivalent, I guess, to $5 million to not his enemy, but someone who was close to his enemy. And we're going to see through this, and our main idea for tonight is that God's grace through Jesus Christ invites us all to come sit at his table as his children. Because here's one thing we need to, we need to recognize. God is perfect. Say this God over here. God is perfect. As humans, we're sinful. God cannot be near sin, which means we would be an enemy to God. But we're going to learn through Christ Jesus, we're not an enemy towards God anymore. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for every student that is here and every leader that is here right now, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that this room is filled with your presence. I pray that all of our eyes, ears, and minds are open spiritually to hearing this message, Lord God. I pray today that, Holy Spirit, that you use me as a vessel that is your words, God, and not mine that are being communicated through. And I pray that we can learn 
to not only accept the free gift of grace, but to also give grace to those who may, in our eyes, may not necessarily need grace. Father, we give you all the praise and the glory of what's going to happen here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So as I said, we've been studying the life of King David, and during this time, during his reign, he's become pretty powerful. He's got a lot of money. His kingdom continues to expand. Life's pretty good for him right now. And he he can do pretty much whatever he wants to at this point. He can try to conquer more land. He can try to get more wealth. You name it. But instead, he decides that he wants to bless someone. He decides that he actually wants to keep a promise to someone. If you remember, if you were with us uh, about two or three weeks ago through this series, we saw how David was on the run from Saul, right? And remember how David had the opportunity to kill King Saul, but he decided not to. And there was a conversation towards the end, and Saul asked David to keep a promise. Does anyone in here remember that promise that Saul asked David to keep? You all need to go to SoundCloud and figure this out. Just kidding. Or go to Word. Anyone remember? Okay, remember, after David... And Saul had the conversation. At the end, Saul asked David to keep a promise to make sure that he wouldn't kill anyone in his descendants or making sure that uh, no one in his royal household would be hurt once David became king. And David said, okay, I will keep that promise. And we're going to start here in 2 Samuel chapter 9 where David is now concerned on keeping that promise. So it starts like this. Is there anyone left of the house or the family of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was Saul's um, son, and David made the same promise to Jonathan. There was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there no longer anyone left of the house or the family of Saul to whom I may show the goodness and graciousness of God? Ziba replied to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan, one whose feet are crippled. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba replied to the king, He is in the house of Makir, the son of Emil in Lodabar. Then the king sent word and had him brought from the house of Makir, the son of Emil from Lodabar. These are really hard words. Anyways, <laughs> so David, as I said, as the earthly ruler, can decide to do whatever he wanted to. He could bless, he can destroy, but he decides to bless. And this is actually really unique during this time because most kings would kill off the previous royal dynasty. See, when a new king took over, they would kill all the family of the previous royal dynasty because they were afraid if any one person was alive, a rebellion could start. And so they would kill off. So what David here is doing is is unique. What David is doing at this point is showing his character and his obedience to God. See, David is on a mission right now to keep his word, to keep his promise to Saul, even though at one time Saul was his biggest enemy. 
And so when David found out that he could bless someone, he asked for Saul's grandson to be in his presence. His grandson's name was Mephibosheth. Try saying that name three times fast. Mephibosheth. I'm going to say Saul's grandson or Mephi moving forward, all right? <laughs> so David could, so we see here that, so David here at this point, he's like, bring him here. I want to bless him. I want to show kindness. And what's great about this is that Saul's grandson, sorry, Saul's grandson, he, he didn't earn it. He didn't deserve the blessing. He didn't do anything to receive this free gift that he's about to receive. And David doesn't have a motive behind it. He's not thinking, well, if I do good, people are going to recognize me even more. They're going to think I'm this wonderful king. There was no motive like that. And so one question we need to all ask ourselves when we're doing a good deed, what's our motive? What's my motive behind the good deed that I'm trying to accomplish? Because here's the thing. If your motive is to receive praise for yourself to be glorified for the good deed that you're doing, your heart might be in the wrong place for doing the good thing. If you genuinely care, if you genuinely want to do something good for someone, you don't, you don't care about the glory, you don't, recare, you don't care about what's going to happen afterwards. What you genuinely care is that you're making the other person feel loved and happy. So let's see how David here extended grace and kindness towards Saul's grandson. And it says this, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell face down and lay himself down in respect. David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. David said to him, Do not be afraid, for I will certainly show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you shall always eat at my table. Again, Saul's grandfather lay himself face down and said, What is your servant that you would be concerned for a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and to all, his house, to all the house and family. You and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him, and you shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, should always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons, and 20 servants. He gave it all away. Talk about the kindness. Talk about the grace, this free gift that Saul's grandson is receiving right now. And notice the uniqueness on how David's doing it. First and foremost, as king, David could have easily just sent messengers and say, hey, just go deliver this message yourself. I'm busy trying to conquer land or doing whatever kings do. But no, David says, hey, come here. I want to tell him personally the free gift that he's about to receive. As I mentioned earlier, notice that David gave everything back to the family. David could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to just give you part of the land or part of money or whatever else was given. And I'm going to keep the rest for me. As I mentioned earlier, he could have easily killed him right then and there. That's why Saul's grandson was so 
concerned, afraid, and also in shock. The way he, he, showed, the way he said it, what was it here? When he went face down and says, your servant, that you would be concerned for a dead dog like me, he's literally like, why do you care about me? I'm your enemy's grandson. Like, I, I don't understand this. And then notice as well, and we're going to touch a little bit closely on this a little bit later, that Saul's grandson was able to eat at the table with the king every day until he passed away. Now that's high honor. Could you imagine eating, eating dinner with the president every day for the rest of your life? Or, or how about, or maybe having lunch with the principal at your school? No. <laughs> What's oh yeah, you can have lunch with one of the leaders every day. You can you can figure that out. What about eating with Pastor John? Oh yeah. yeah you can do that. Yeah, eating yeah, lunch yeah. with Pastor John. There you go. Good. But this is I, I share this story because I want us to dig a little bit deeper within this because what's happening here is a gr- is a great example of what Christ did for us. Now, yes, God did, some, did send some messengers and prophets, and you read throughout Scripture, to tell people of the coming of God, the coming of, of the Messiah. But Christ humbled himself. He came down personally to deliver the message to the people in Jerusalem at that time, and to us, through his word, telling us to repent that the, the coming of the kingdom is near. So he delivered the message personally. He also gave up everything. Everything. He gave up his seat in the throne to come down. Nothing that he had on earth was owned. Everything was borrowed. And he gave up everything, including his life for us. And some of you in here right now are thinking, well, why would someone do that? Because he loves you. He knew that because of our sinful nature, we were separated from God. We were enemies of God, but for those who believe in Christ, believe in His death and resurrection, we're no longer enemies. We are now sons and daughters. I want to go back to um, the point where Saul's grandson is having... uh, is going to have dinner with him. And it says in 2 Samuel 9, 11b, that Mephibosheth ate at David's table as one of the king's sons. As I mentioned earlier, that he would have access his entire life to King David. And what was great was he was actually treated like one of David's sons. He got all the benefits that David's sons would receive. Did you know that Christ... Is preparing a feast for us. For those who believe in Him, He who is in His kingdom right now is preparing a feast for us. In Matthew 26, 29 it says, But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That should be, that's exciting. Think about this. We get to have feast, a feast with the Messiah, the King who saved our lives. 
We don't deserve it. We didn't do anything to earn it. But because of God's grace and mercy and His love for us, we can enjoy it. So with that, I have three application points that I want to talk about real quickly. First one is that grace is meant to make us more obedient, not less. Grace is meant to make us more obedient, not less. Here's what Titus 2, chapter 11 through 12 says. For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly and moral desires and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives, lives with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity in this present age. We're talking with the leader with some of the student leaders earlier that when we recognize when we accept this free gift our mindset changes. We we recognize that we shouldn't be trying to go after the sins of the world. We recognize we want to give this gift to other people. We don't have this mindset of, well, I know I'm forgiven, so I'm going to just do this sin and come back later and ask for forgiveness. No, no, no. Titus is telling us because of this grace, we learn to stay away from that and we learn to reflect that grace and we learn to share this gift of grace to other people as well. Number two, grace doesn't expect anything in return. Grace doesn't, re- doesn't expect anything in return. Taylor, can you come here? Matthias, can you come here? And... Zane, come here. Alright guys, so here's candy for you, here's candy for you, and here's candy for you. Oh, we have to give it away. (laughs) No, you owe me ten bucks actually next week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, you don't owe me anything. But here's, here's my point. You guys can keep the candy, you guys can enjoy the candy. So, my point with this is though... Yeah, yeah, right? Give them a round of applause. I get to enjoy the candy. Um, thanks, guys. You can when we're kind to people, when we're gracious to people, when we give that kindness and grace away, we should never be expecting something in return. For me to ask for $10 back like I did, that wouldn't be a free gift. So my question, and one thing we need to think about when it comes to the free gift of what Christ did for us, is that we need to battle that we sometimes need to do something because of the gift, or that we have to earn the gift some way. No. We just need to rest and believe in the free gift of salvation and what Christ did on the cross. And finally, God has extended grace and mercy on us. God has extended grace and mercy on us. Like I said earlier, because of our sins, we are crippled spiritually. And as I mentioned, because God is an enemy toward... I'm sorry, because God doesn't like sin, we would have been considered enemies for those who do not know Christ. 
which means we wouldn't be in communion with him after this, our lives here on earth, for those who don't know him. But again, because of what Christ did on the cross, we are his adopted sons and daughters. We can be in his presence for the rest of eternity when we come to accept the free gift of what Christ did on the cross for us. When we can come to him and repent for our sins and believe that we are truly forgiven. I'll just give you a quick example, and this just happened to me earlier this afternoon as I was preparing for this message. As I was setting up and everything like that, I felt spiritually dry. I just felt spiritually empty. To be honest, part of me at first was like, I don't feel like giving this message today. I really didn't want to do this. And so after I got everything that I needed to done up here, I came up here and I started praying. And I said, God, reveal to me, why am I feeling this way? What's going on? And I came to find out because of the busyness of the weekend with Labor Day weekend and the busyness of catching up on things here, I was trying to fill up that emptiness, neglecting God, trying to, quote, stay busy, when in reality God was like, hey, I need, I need you to come here. I need you to experience my love. I need you to experience my grace. So I had to ask for forgiveness. I was idolizing my busyness over my God. I was idolizing my busyness over my God. See, I'm not in a relationship with my busyness. I'm in a relationship with my God. And so I had to ask Him for forgiveness. And as I was asking for that forgiveness, and I was asking for that refreshing from the Holy Spirit, and going into His Word, I was excited to give this message. I felt rejuvenated. I was ready to go. But I didn't do anything. I just asked for forgiveness. And God was gracious enough to forgive me. He didn't throw lightning bolts at me. I'm still here. And my hair's not sticking up from it or anything like that. It's sticking up because we were playing football, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but here's my point. As we get ready for a time of worship, we need to reflect grace. We need to reflect that grace and mercy that God has given us. So one challenge for those who know Christ is who do you need to re- who do you need to give grace and kindness to this week? Is it a classmate? Is it a teammate on your sports teams? Is it a neighbor? Is it your annoying brother or sister? Cousin, neighbor, I don't know. Who do you need to give grace and kindness to today? And for some of you, it's not so much who you need to give grace and kindness to. It's a matter of that you need to accept the grace and kindness from God. See, you can't be gracious towards others. You can't reflect the grace and mercy of God if you yourself aren't receiving it. To be honest, this is one of the things that I struggle with. I set a high standard for myself, which means in my human nature, I want to set a high standard for everyone else. My belief is, well, if everyone's not working as hard as I am, or I'm not, no one's doing what, the level that I want, why isn't anyone else? And then I get too hard on myself. I beat myself up. And God's had to pull me back and say, hey, 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 hey. Don't worry about them. I'm working on them. I'm working on you. 
But also know you don't have to beat yourself up every time you do something that's a mistake. Know that I love you. Know that He reminds me that He loves me. He reminds me that He loves you and He's working through us every single day. So I'll call the worship team on up. If, you all, if all of you will stand. You can take the entire thing. Go ahead. So, as we go into this time for worship, as we go into prayer, let's ask God first and foremost where we need forgiveness. Ask God, hey, Maybe some of you have been idolizing busyness of maybe schoolwork or busyness of um, sporting events, which I'm not saying any of that is bad. What I'm saying, though, is if when we put that stuff above God, it's very easy for us to become anxious. It's very easy for us to feel overwhelmed. It's very easy for us to feel drained and physically exhausted. And while we're asking for that, let's, let's also receive the grace. Let's receive that free gift of knowing that God does forgive us and that He can fill us up. That He's the one who can truly fill us up, who can give us the spiritual energy that we need to move forward in our daily walk with Him. So let's pray. Father God, I thank You for tonight. We thank You for Your free gift. God, for someone who hates sin, who could have easily just kept us separated from You, and You could be reigning in heaven by Yourself right now. You decided You decided to send Your only Son to die in our place. So we can be in heaven with you for those who put our trust and belief in what Christ did on the cross. God, I just pray all of us in here right now that we just receive that gift. Holy Spirit, I just pray that all of us in our hearts right now can just feel that sense of peace, feel that sense of love right now from you. Knowing we didn't earn this, we definitely don't deserve it. But let us rejoice and give praise to You, our Lord and Savior, in knowing that when we put our trust and obedience in You, that we can enjoy this free gift of grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.